Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Flames. The Flames are red hot and on a five-game win streak in the middle of a seven-game homestand. They bumped their opponents down and moved up to second in the Pacific Division. How, oh, how are they doing so well? Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everyone? I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, of the Metropolitan Riveters Public Relations Team, as well as a plethora of blogs here covering the NHL for as many years as I can remember. No, I'm just kidding. We're up to five or six now. Uh, how are you today? I hope you're doing great. It's Friday. It's a great day. Um, we're doing winners and losers of the week. Thank you so much for making Locked on Flames your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, and we are free 99 on YouTube, so make sure you check out and subscribe and turn on all of those notification bells. If you could spare me a minute, two minutes of your time, and possibly leave the show a five-star rating and a nice little review, I would greatly appreciate that. I think. I think. I think a lot. And one thing that I've been thinking today, since the Flames beat the Leafs, um, you know, I think the Flames could easily catch Vegas for first in the division. Now, before you turn off this podcast, allow me to elaborate. The Flames are only three points behind Vegas right now, and they still have to play catch-up. The Flames have played 44 games while, you know, everybody else is pushing 50. And they're outscoring their opponents 19-7 to in their last four games. So that's just, like, around, like, four-ish, four-and-a-half, almost five goals a game. And that's impressive. That really, like, the offense is cranked all the way up to 10. Their last two games have been against competitive teams. You had a 5-2 to win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. We got to watch the Leafs crumble and their goaltending crumble as if it was the first round of the playoffs. It was fun. I had fun, and I hope you all had fun too. <laughs> and then shutting out Vegas 6 nothing was unexpected. I expected it to be a highly competitive game. I didn't think it would be so one-sided, but I will take it. And Vegas isn't going to have a second, an easy second half of this season, okay? You know, we've been talking about them, like, having that cap space issue with Jack Eichel coming back. And now it's been announced that Mark Stone is potentially going on the LTIR for the remainder of the season due to a back injury. Sarah and I talk a lot about this on the national show, so um, tune in on Wednesdays for our Western Conference Wednesday episodes where we just kind of dump on Vegas and say all these nice things about people who circumvent the cap. And I just think things are going the exact opposite for the Flames, truthfully. I think that things are going well, (laughs) suspiciously well, to the point where I'm kind of accepting that this is the new normal for the team. And it's like, okay, 
we're, we're finally a competitive team. Like we're not just like the middle of the road hockey going to miss the playoffs. Or if you make the playoffs, you're going to embarrassly embarrass yourselves with a first round loss. No, this team is playing top of the league hockey and I think it's sustainable. Now, do I think that they're going to come out on top of like a president's trophy? No, that's not, that is completely unrealistic, but I just think that they're going to be able to catch Vegas. I think that all of the key pieces are where they need to be. All the cogs in the train, they're working, they're well-oiled. This is a well-oiled machine that Daryl Sutter has put together. And like I mentioned last week on, I, on this show that the flames had a very unique situation with Daryl Sutter coming in to coach, you know, he kind of had this trial period with the North division. Not, not every coach has a trial period um, as unique as that, you know, he knew that the flames weren't going anywhere. He wasn't going to try to put in this massive amount of effort to fix them but instead watched where they lacked and started piecing together a plan to get them to where they are today. And I don't think that this is their ceiling. I don't think that, you know, they're just going to be a really good regular season team. I think that it's going to go further than that. And I am just very proud of this team and Daryl Sutter's ability to coach this team to that level and to have this team go from like bottom of the barrel least competitive division in the north division to almost second or sorry almost first in the pacific division is incredible i think the pacific division hasn't been what anyone's expected this year but things are finally shaking out Things are happening, and the Flames flames are the real deal. So catching Vegas wouldn't surprise me. I think that it is more than possible. And I will happily eat a hat if I'm wrong. I will eat a hat if I have to. Coming up next, we will preview the Islanders coming into town. Uh, That's quite the opposite team that we have seen in recent years. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious tasting protein bar that truly everyone needs in their backpack, briefcase, or purse. I keep buying in my desk, in my backpack, you name it. I have a snack on me at all times. <laughs> it is a delicious tasting protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and is a great substitute for, you know, a candy bar. There are a lot less sugar in them. They taste delicious. They're covered in 100% chocolate and only have about 130-140 calories per bar. They're high in fiber and high in protein. So head on over to Built.com today and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next order at Built.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Flames and Make sure that you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and make sure that you're downloading episodes and turning on the notifications so you never miss a show. The problem here is that the Flames can easily win, which means 
this is like a chance for them to get too comfortable. But here's, I, I think that they can easily win against the Islanders. And, you know, this team's coming in uh, on a second half of a back-to-back. Their record as of now when I'm recording is 17-17-6. and So this isn't the team that's been dominating the Eastern Conference. This isn't the team that's been embarrassed by Tampa in two straight Eastern Conference finals, you know? Um, they signed Chara and a few other old guys and just took a nosedive. I really don't know what the front office's plan was there, but it just, I, I've watched a few games and it's bad. It's bad. The games I felt like last season, uh, they played my Bruins eight times and I think the Bruins won twice. Uh, It's just entirely different. Last year, they played very boring hockey. It wasn't bad hockey. It wasn't great hockey. But this year, it's just bad. I I took them quite a while to get to 10 wins, and I wasn't entirely sure that they were ever going to get there. Uh, Like I said, they're coming in on the second half of a back-to-back. They're in Edmonton tonight. They're going to be tired more tired than usual. It, I don't think the Flames should go into this underestimating their opponent by any means. I think that that is one of the worst things that any team player, uh, manager, coach can do. I think that that's just silly. But if their defense plays the way that they did against Toronto with that strong offensive tip to their game I think that I think that it's going to be quite the easy win I think that they can cut copy and paste their game from Thursday night and just paste it (laughs) against the Islanders it's going to be important to emulate um, a competitive game I don't know if the Islanders are capable of playing up to that level And you don't want to play down to them. I think that it would be such a huge mistake to play down to their level. If you want to win, you have to make them work for that puck. I think it will be very easy for the Flames to get too comfortable to sit back and relax and say, okay, this is an easy one, and then be embarrassed. You don't want to be that that team, you know. <laughs> you know what? It's it's not as bad as losing to the Coyotes, but it's still losing to a bad enough team that it's like kind of kind of a sting to the ego, you know. And right now, Markstrom's red hot. Uh, he had forty six saves the other night, and then a shutout the night before. I don't know how much more you can ask of him. And I just think it's very likely that Sutter is going to start him again. Sutter rides his red-hot goalies into the ground. He has not... Markstrom has started every game at home. Do you know how many games, how many minutes of ice time Dan Vladar has seen at the Saddle Dome this season? None. He has played exactly zero minutes a second, a half a second, a lick 
of time on the ice at the Saddle Dome. I don't know what that means. I think it means that Jacob Markstrom's good at home and he's comfortable. But I just don't know if, like, riding him into the ground before the playoffs is a smart idea. And I'm sure, I'm sure that Markstrom says he's fine, he's healthy, and he, he looks it. He gave us a little scare before the break, but he, he's fine. He was probably just bored. Okay, I guess that's what happens when you're too good at sports. You know, oh, I'm bored. I wouldn't know. I always stunk at them. They put me in net because I'd never see the ball. I think I stopped like two soccer balls. But, you know, I think that there are just too many variables that's, that are in favor of the Flames winning this to sit here and say, well, you know, the Flames could lose. No, we're going to stick with the positivity because where has that gotten us this season? It has gotten us so far and it's gotten the Flames far, okay? We need to keep that energy and I'm also going to be a severe hypocrite right now and remind you all that winning every game is uh, <laughs> impossible. It's unrealistic and those losses are bound to happen. But I, I don't want to go into any game with the mindset of, okay, like, they're going to lose this one. But remember, they, they could. They could easily lose. They, they can't easily lose. But they very well could lose this game. And the difference between losing this season and last season is that this team can bounce back. You know, they'll lose a game, recover, and then they'll go on another tear. The Flames are just a much better and much different team. And it's so wonderful to see. It's so great. I, I, I'm happy that Flames, lifelong suffering Flames fans are finally getting their competitive hockey team. I think it's great. And I, we'll talk more about it next week, especially as, you know, the season goes on and kind of start the Flames propaganda for the bandwagon. <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, you know I am driving that train and I am collecting whoever wants to join us. But coming up next, we will talk winners and losers of the week. And that's that. But first, let's talk about bet online. Bet online. Okay. Football ends this Sunday. The big game is Sunday. Who do you got? Bengals or I almost said Bengals or Chiefs. Bengals or Rams. Basketball, though, that that's in full swing, full steam. Both pro and college hoops. March Madness is right around the corner. For from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot. For all your sports betting needs, Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and plenty of information. Head to the website, bet, 
betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. I love doing winners and losers every Friday. I think it's so much fun because we get to highlight the good and then we get to talk about like the really sucky people out there. And this week, we get to talk about my Riveters because Rachel Aid of the Metropolitan Riveters Blue Line was named assistant captain on Friday. She leads the Blue Line and has a presence that every locker room craves. Just this strong leader that is always striving to be better and to hone in on the qualities that every hockey player wants. You know, just to be a true leader and to be respected. Anya Packer uh, had this to say about Rachel. Rachel has grown tremendously throughout her years in the PHF and throughout this season. Her leadership both on and off the ice has been powerful to our decor. She adds a strong perspective and an incredible work ethic to our leadership, and I'm proud to escalate her to assistant captain. She has most certainly earned it. That's Anya. Anya will tell you how it is, and that, that's why I love working for her and working with her. I think that it is so important to for you, for your general manager to have your back like that, you know, and f- to, for Rachel to join such a strong group of leaders with Emily Janiga, Madison Packer, and Brooke Avery, I think it's a fantastic group, you know, and it's great to see the Riveters just truly have that leadership culture and to have a culture of uh, just people who want the best for their team and their teammates. Um, Kelly Nash coached Rachel Aid at um, UVM and says that Rachel truly loves the game of hockey. She doesn't just show up to the rank for practices and games, that's it. You can tell she's thinking and watching the game all of the time. In our last individual video session, she mentioned attributes of seven, uh, several other professional hockey players that she wants to have more of. And I think it's great to be seen as a leader. It's great to, you know, have people come to you and say, hey, you know, like, you're, you're good with the group. You're good at getting people to rally and to get them, you know, back on track. But to be officially acknowledged as a leader is something so important to me personally. And for Rachel to be able to wear that A on her chest, I'm sure that feels spectacular. I'm sure that that is something she is very proud of and will take seriously. And as uh, Kelly Nash said, you know, she she's always thinking about the game and With the Riveters heading to the playoffs next month, it's so exciting to see what these bright hockey minds can bring to the playoffs. They're heading for Tampa, by the way. So some fun in the sun there. And our loser of the week, okay? (laughs) This this one's going to be a little bit of a rant. I apologize. (sighs) These hockey writers... Or I don't even know if they're hockey writers. I think they're just these so-called journalists who maybe covers cover men's hockey. <laughs> uh, they they want to talk about 
women's hockey not belonging in the Olympics. I hate giving people like this the time of day because they will truly never understand how great women's hockey is. Like, it's so much fun, and I just – I don't – if you like hockey, like men's hockey, then you would obviously like the product that the women's – anyways (laughs) – Hockey is such an exclusive and expensive sport to play, to get into. I never played it because it was too expensive. And my parents weren't in the right tax bracket for me to hang out with the other kids that played hockey. So we see stark differences in countries because of funding to those programs. My cat agrees. Um... I just have such a hard time arguing or talking, engaging with people who don't understand that hockey, it costs so much money to run like a national team camp, to be on different national teams and then to like rosters and then to be broken down into one single roster and to have people like, bash that because of oh, this country this country can't put enough into it to make their team more competitive okay would you like to fund it with the money in your pockets I, I didn't think so and the thing that gets me is that the men's U- USA men's team just beat China eight to nothing and do you know how much discourse was surrounding that about the um, the lopsidedness and should should the men's hockey be in uh, the Olympics? None. None. Because the whole original discourse is rooted in sexism. And there is a stark difference in men's hockey funding and women's hockey funding. And I know people are going to try to give me Econ 101 in the comments. Listen, I work in women's hockey. I understand. I get it. Things are growing. The $83 million salary cap that the NHL has did not get there overnight. So it is very frustrating to have people diminish and minimize the talents of players like Brianna Decker, Kendall Coyne Schofield, and... uh, Marie-Philippe Pouline, I can't even talk today, um, in Canada because the game's just, like, not competitive enough for them. I would, I think everybody who watches women's hockey casually, just at the Olympics, at the gold medal game, or goes out to the uh, PW events, the Secret Gap Tour, or goes to PHF games, or watches PHF games, will tell you that there is so much talent in the product that you are shutting down. Or attempting to just get rid of at one of the top tiers of professional hockey. Or not, you know, like representing your country and whatnot. But it's it's a lot 
as a woman, as women in sports to constantly hear that the sport that you love to cover, to work in, isn't good enough. But we are pushing forward. We are seeing the sport grow. We are seeing salary caps grow. We are seeing teams kind of come together and join forces, not entirely in the way that, uh, you know, the PW and PHF have um, what people entirely want, but, you know, steps are being made. And things are growing for women's hockey. And so anyone who tries to disagree with that or tries to argue that women's Olympics or women's hockey doesn't belong at the Olympics is wrong. They're wrong and they don't, don't even bother giving them your energy, which is very hypocritical of me to say after I just dedicated a good solid five minutes talking about it. But it's important to acknowledge the people who have come before us in the sport and have paved the way for so many of us. And they know their why. They know why they go out there and lace up their skates and or why they play in the PWHPA or why they play in the PHF or why they play in a beer league, why they play at the college level, why they, you know, go out and play. I don't play. I'm not very athletic, as we've established. But I look up to so many of the women that I've met, that I've worked with, and that are part of the sport. Because it's not easy. And I just want to remind you all that. And know your why. I think that that's so important when discussing anything. Know your why. And that's all we have time for today. So thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Flames. And I appreciate you all so much. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Uh, if you've been following me there, you know that I've been going through some health issues, which is why I didn't have a show up Thursday. But I'm back. I'm good. Good Flames hockey just sent my heart into a little... We'll tailspin there, but we're good. <laughs> so I hope you all have a fantastic weekend and I will see you on Monday. Go Flames!